Hello, party people. Welcome to my very first Musician on Sports special podcast episode. Today, I'm talking with Brett Fromson, who is a musician here in Los Angeles and has released several things. I'm going to play a little bit of his music at the end of the show. But he is from Cleveland, Ohio. He is a diehard Browns fan, Indians fan, Cavaliers fan. And I lived there for about six years, so I know exactly the fandom and craziness that ensues when Cleveland uh, actually pulls something off. And they did it in 2016 with the Cavaliers bringing home the title and LeBron James delivered on his promise. So without further ado, this is my episode with Brett. Welcome, Brett Fromson, to the show. Is it Fromson or Fromson? How do you Fromson. like Fromson. Fromson. Cleveland native. And where are you living at now, dude? I live in Los Angeles. How do you like it? How, what's the, how do you feel like the difference is? Oh, I mean, it's, it's very different. Uh, I've been out here for 10 years now because uh, I went to USC and then I stuck around. So um, I'm not really adjusting anymore. But yeah, life is, it, it's a little bit of a different flow um, than the Midwest. But uh, having, I know you, you lived in Cleveland as well. I did for uh, six years, six yeah. seasons, <laughs> six seasons. That's how we measure things out there. Definitely. Um, I see you're wearing your Browns jersey and your Cleveland hat. That's right. Who's my, who's who's uh, the number? My, number two. Who's the this number? is a, no? This is a Baker Mayfield jersey. Oh, okay. He's number two. He's number six. Sorry. It's, oh, uh, sorry. It, I was like, oh, it, it looks reverse on my screen. <laughs> it looks like a backwards too. Okay, so he's number six. So. Brett, musician, very, very talented. Um, <laughs> and uh, we met ooh, a couple of years ago, I'd say, when I moved back. We met at like a, a bat mitzvah, I think? Yeah, I was playing guitar at a bat mitzvah. And, um, you know, I always, when I play at those, I like to stick around for a little bit and uh, have some dinner and some drinks. And I got to talking to the coolest people at the party, and it was you and your mom. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we just, I, I remember connecting on a bunch of different things. You're like, I'm in the music industry, but I also lived in Cleveland and worked for the rock hall. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're, these are all my buzzwords. Yeah. I was like hitting you right over the head with all the, with everything, you know, Cleveland. I think it was like, <laughs> totally. Yeah, man. Mentioning all these different sections and areas of the land, so to speak. The land. And kind of you're being the first subject of this, my musicians talking sports segment on the show. So I'm welcome. honored, man. I hope I do. I hope I do it justice. I was telling my brother, I'm going on this podcast to talk about Cleveland sports. And he was like, you <laughs> Oh man. No, really? Just, I know. I know in my family, I'm, uh, I'm not as it's my it kind of, my dad and my brother are like the sports encyclopedia guys. And I am, uh, a little more of a casual fan, but I still consider myself a, a true Cleveland sports fan. I, my love runs deep and has been um, present in my life from the get-go. Well, I mean, you're wearing a Baker Mayfield jersey, dude. Yeah, man. Dude, I, I uh, you know, we can talk about, I, I wrote down a couple little, like, little moments of things that, that really uh, impacted me as far as Cleveland sports, um, because it's, it's definitely you, you've you've lived there, so you know the town kind of thrives off of that that energy. Um, it's, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I one thing I noticed was like Sundays for Browns games in particular. 
it was like if they won, you had a great Sunday. If they <laughs> lost, which was kind of often, mm-hmm. the city was just like meow. Yeah, I mean it's it's the but you know what? Every week there's that hope. And I'd feel this like raise of momentum through the week. So like obviously you have your sadness on Sunday and Monday if they lo- they lost, right? Then Tuesdays like right. walkthroughs in practice and you, you people start chatting around the office. <laughs> and then Wednesday and Thursday it's like Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe Friday, everyone's making their plans to go meet at the Muni lot or whatever they got to do at the pit. Yep. And then Sunday, it's like full on in the morning and hopefully they win. And if they don't, the cycle <laughs> just keeps going. That's <laughs> amazing. It's interesting. I always, I never know how to end this sentence, but I think there's something about growing up rooting for bad teams <laughs> or, or, or teams that, that, you just don't expect to win where winning is not just an expectation. It's, it's this, it's this hope. Um, and I, I don't know exactly what that did to me or what that does to people in Cleveland, but it's like this, it's, it's, it's definitely shaped who I am and also how I, how I think about sports is just like rooting for, for these teams where it's like LeBron said, nothing is given, right? And yeah, every, everything is right. earned. Nothing is given. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I believe that. I, I just, I feel like when you're part of like the blue collar town that is Cle- Cleveland um, and like the Rust Belt cities like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, or like even, you know, you could go to like Chicago or something like that. Um, but there's like a lovable loser syndrome that ends up happening, I think. And especially there, it's like, it's it's really interesting to like talk about because there's like not really a high like you want the high standard of excellence but like that is like the life force and blood of the city whereas like New York and LA there's tons of other shit to do right. that you can't you know like the Knicks have sucked for how many years right. and if and if um if and, that and New York's fine <laughs> and New York's kind of fine about it which is i i think stupid but um it's like Cleveland, it's like, dude, we'll watch the Cavs. Like when I first moved to Cleveland, uh, LeBron was gone and it was just Kyrie and the, and the Kyrie Cavaliers. I got like <laughs> 10 rows from center court for like 10 bucks. I mean, you could get tickets yeah. for so cheap. Um, but it was fun because I felt like I really like, you know, I love basketball. I mean, I love sports. I host a sports podcast for God's sake, but right. like, I was just like, dude, I, this is, this would never happen in LA. Even if the Lakers were shitty, which they were for a while, you still couldn't get tickets for like 10, 15 bucks or like a, you know, a discount drug mart, you know, sale or special to get tickets to a game. <laughs> it, it's really ingrained in the city, you know, yeah. living there. Um, and then the Browns games, I didn't grow up with a football team here in Los Angeles. And to see what real tailgating looks like. Uh, yeah. And to see, I went to a, my first game was a Ravens Browns game. Well, there's the, that's, that's a good place to start, man. <laughs> and you immediately know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up um, in, and it, it was in 2000, it was the year 2000 when the Browns came back to Cleveland. So um, I was probably like eight years old. Um, so I guess, you know, my, 
maybe eight or seven. Um, and, and, you know, my whole, my whole childhood before that, I don't know, I guess, I guess I wasn't really as impacted, but I definitely, by the Browns not being there, but I was also, the whole town was invigorated when the Browns came back and there was just this explosion of like, the Browns are back. And, um, my family had season tickets. Um, we've had, we're actually one of the longest holding season ticket holders. My grandfather has owned tickets for like 57 years. Where's your plaque? Uh, where's my plaque? I, yeah. I don't know, but we get, we get, we get some swag every season. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we have, we have these awesome seats, um, right near, uh, the middle of the field. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I've been going to, I was at the beer bottle game. Is that the infamous uh, game where they were like throwing, the, uh, where they're throwing shit or whatever? Dude, I, they were, they were throwing bottles of beer. They were so pissed about a call that they were throwing bottles of beer from high up and people started getting hurt. Um, and people, people were getting wet. After that game, they instituted the, that everything has to be plastic from here on out. Because you can't trust these people to not throw shit. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it was definitely. a it was a bad call, and that's what that's what got everyone crazy. Like, yeah. that's, was that yeah. what it was? I think it was against the Carolina Panthers. I think it was against a team was, a team that doesn't even matter. <laughs> I, I dude, it was like a it was an it was a non consequential game. We had probably <laughs> already like had a, a losing season and, and not, we're not going to go to actually, you know what I could, that could have been the year that we actually did go to the playoffs. Um, and we lost in the first round, which was the last time we were in the playoffs. So maybe, maybe that was a year where people were like, Hey, like we actually have a chance, but I'd have to, I'd have to go back in my, uh, my history, your sports history. Uh, I have to think about the Browns being the play. They played, um, Pittsburgh. Though, yeah, they played Pittsburgh in that playoff game, and it was like oh, the Pittsburgh comeback, which was terrible. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Browns fan, it's like, dude. dude. So, can you talk a little bit about that rivalry? Why well, do you guys hate on Pittsburgh so much? It's so interesting because I actually have a lot of friends from Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, I. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the Steelers have just always had this uh, rough. They're just like rough and dirty and, and they're going to beat the shit out of you. I mean, I, I really, uh, I, never, I never grew up like truly hating Pittsburgh. To me, to me the, the biggest rivalry in, in, my, that in my childhood was the uh, Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. Oh, actually. the big game, right. Um, and, and I grew up rooting for Michigan. Because my parents both went there, and my grandparents, Whoa. dude. So so it's like I had nothing. I had nothing to hold on to um, until LeBron, uh, because you know it's like all our teams sucked. And then in the big the the big game would come around, and I was rooting for the team that was almost always worse. Um, and it was I, I'm telling you this like this rooting for bad teams thing has just definitely shaped how I watch sports um, with this like blissful like hope every time I watch a, a game and uh, and and loving like a comeback or, or, the, or the underdog um, it's just it all comes from it's like the Browns the Indians were 
usually not very good until until later and then and then rooting for Michigan against Ohio State when everybody eats and sleeps and breathes scarlet and gray and I'm wearing maize and blue. Oh man. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was tough, but um but I really think it shaped me. I really do. Hey man, you went into hostile territory with your, you know, your your yeah. go blue and you took it on the chin whenever you could, you know? Exactly. Cuz normally cuz Michigan Michigan hasn't own that rivalry in a while it's been all ohio state yeah i was actually i and we we have uh some really good family friends from ann arbor so i think i i was there the last time michigan won and i stormed the field with my friend uh wow i've never i've never been i've actually never been to the horseshoe in columbus i've only been to the big house for the big game um but that you know that that game that game is is like a just calendar, you know, marked off every year. Like, what are you doing for the game? We have people over usually, and or or we go. We either go to the game or we have people at my house. And it's very uh, you got to have the s- certain people at your house. You can't. <laughs> and there are certain and there are certain friends who might even be listening now who we've come to this understanding of we love you, but we can't be in the same house when we're watching this game. Oh it's yeah, totally. Gonna, it's just not going to be good for our friendship. <clears throat> I totally understand that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. weird because we have like LA has a weird rivalry with Boston, but I would say like a majority of my friends are from New England. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Even though I can't stand any Boston team. Oh, I mean, it's it's very hard. I have I have some some uh, Boston friend fans too, and uh, man, you know, there's not much you can say to them. Because they have this, this proof, especially with the Pats. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, forever, <laughs> forever. I mean, yeah. there's no, no one's touching that for a very long time. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe Patrick Mahomes, but we'll see. Oh hey, I mean, he got the contract for it. So yeah, yeah. Well, well and normally when these quarterbacks get contracts, the team goes. You know, I don't know. I mean, they they got Kelsey too, and he's you know, good. He's the um, he's a good old Cleveland boy, right? He's from Heights. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he is. He is. I definitely. I have no no ill will towards the Chiefs. I, I think, Pittsburgh, me is that like, eh. um, but Ohio State is where where my blood starts to boil. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that you just. I actually have one of my other good friends, a musician as well, is not an Ohio State fan. He is Cleveland through and through, but loves Michigan. I think his his cousin's Jake Butt. So Jake went oh, yeah. to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a little uh, a community of of Michigan fans in Northeast Ohio because um, it is such a great school um, that you know clearly both of my parents went there. My grandmother went there. My great grandmother went there. Legacy, um, man. Wow. Yeah, dude. I I almost went there, um, and I don't know if we'd be having this conversation if I did. Uh, that's true. We never might have never met if you didn't go to SC and stuck out, stuck it out here in Southern California. That's right. Um, so, who's your favorite? If you had to pick, and it's hard, but who is your? We're going to talk about favorites real quick. Who are your favorite? Your favorite team or favorite sport? Yeah. What is it? Oh, I think I think at the end of the day, it's got to be the Browns. It's okay, and, and and it's so funny because of all the teams, they they've not they've been the least successful. But I always talk to my 
friends and family about this because most people would probably say the Cavs at this point, especially with LeBron um, and, and that history. And then, I mean, the Indians, I, I've, got, I've got a lot of thoughts on 2016 that we can talk about. But um, I think all of us kind of have this understanding that if the Browns, if the Browns really make it, it, it would be almost maybe even bigger than the Cavs, than, than what LeBron did with the Cavs. I mean, the, the Browns being good would truly turn the city 180. That's my real ride or die team. Yeah, yeah. That I said that Cleveland would uh, would burn to the ground and then come up to this a- out of the ashes as like some phoenix to the beacon of the, the rest of the country. <laughs> oh, yeah. If the Browns won the Super Bowl. It would just be I insane. Mean, I, I and I know you know this from living there, but Cleveland is really one of the best kept secrets. Like I, you know, I I know you've said that at times, like being a young adult there, there wasn't always as much to do as like in L.A. Obviously, there's not going to be as much going on as in L.A. But Cleveland is a fantastic city. I I, lo- I have so much love love for the city and and my hometown, and you know it's. It's a great city to love when you love it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a great place. Like growing up, if if I would have grown up there, um, like a bunch of friends that are from there, I think it's an amazing place to grow up. I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, and maybe like you get to like your mid forties or something, it's a great yeah, place go to go and, and hang out and go back. Which I've discussed with people there too. I think there's just like a middle ground of like life and exposure yeah. to different things that you might want to partake in. But since, yeah. since Corona's happened, everyone's in the same fucking boat right now. <laughs> we're all in the same city. Right. Yeah. Now. We're all in one just giant cluster country. So it's great. Right. Um, we <laughs> yeah, just have, have weather. A- Weather's our only difference at this point. Exactly. What's the weather like where you are? It's a little bit different than where it is. You know? It's- yeah. That's the only thing that, that's different. Like it's the, I know that they've opened bars and Ohio has a different kind of sanction on Corona as LA is a little more strict right now. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, that's, and I don't even think it's crazy that this even could come off as like a political thing, which I can't, it's really shouldn't be. It's just health, but it's It's, it's great. It's crazy that the country is, is so divided on, on what the hell we're even supposed to be doing about this. Um, Right. It's it's crazy, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was in Cleveland for a little bit, and, and it, is, it is just treated differently, and my parents drove down to Florida. Um, oh, way different. Yeah. And, and, on, and they're like, on the way, they're like, you wouldn't even know that corona was even happening um, on, the, on the way down there at rest stops and stuff. It's just like, I mean, why do you, this is, this is why we're in this boat. If anybody's wondering why we're in this boat, it's because this country couldn't get on the same page about this. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no. But you and I talked. You and I talked pretty early in in the Corona. You know when things started to hit, and you were very optimistic. I still am. You know, I, I think for me, just to sidetrack from the sports convo to Corona life, I think it's a, a. There's two factors to it. There's the truth, which you're gonna get to see how selfish people are. And you can make mental notes of that uh, from your friends and your family of, of who they really are underneath, right? You never really could tell a character of a person unless they're pushed up against the wall. Um, that's one yeah. thing. 
And I like, I like that. I like that there isn't a disguise to a person right now. Like you're, you're seeing in their actions exactly what kind of person they are. Yes. That's number one. That's like kind of, I guess, the sad part. But the positive part is a lot of people are taking stock in their lives and resetting, learning a new skill. Maybe they've lost their job, unfortunately, but they're trying to find another one. And maybe they didn't like the job that they were in and they felt like their life was going nowhere and they've had to like make this gear shift, whether they're starting their own business or finding new ways to adapt or, or going into a new field. A lot of people are trying to just figure out about going back to school. Um, I mean, yeah, I take it as like a micro thing for me. I've, I've eating better. I'm cooking at home. I'm being a little bit less stressed out about um, trying to get to somewhere. And you know how LA is, man, like traffic and you give yourself an extra 25 to 30 minutes because of traffic. Like, you know, I don't have to really <laughs> think about that right now. Um, I, so, I, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, so mentally, mentally, I'm like feeling better. Um, and I think most, some people are. And, and I think when it comes down to it, we're all, we're all human and we're all trying to like share this, this earth together. Yeah. And it's a matter of just who's going to pick up and be generous for their fellow person. And I think there's been a lot of opportunity for that. I also have been surprised that I, I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised that the, um, the social justice movement that has happened and the attention and the lens that that is, that has, has increased over this because we've all been at home. Um, has been yeah. good. It really stopped people in their tracks to think. Now it, it's not as, you know, on uh, trendy as it was when it first started. But it, people but are you taking can't look a, away. Yeah, you can't look you can't away. Look it's away. there, and you can't look away at what happened to George Floyd or Breonna Taylor and things of that nature. And you can't. You're going to get attention on it, and you're going to be reading about it and following it. Whereas things would have carried on as normal, they may not have had the attention that they garnered. Unfortunately. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's a, it's a matter of moving forward. And I think come November, hope people move forward again. We'll see. I found you to be really positive about this. I mean, I, you started the podcast in quarantine. So, right. I think yeah. this is, this is, I mean, this is like the yeah, fourth week of it. Yeah. You know, it's really new. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of, you know, you kind of saying, all right, well, how am I going to. How am I going to adapt? Um, and yeah, I just remember, I remember we had a call and I, I was feeling kind of, you know, just down because everybody's feeling down. But, you know, you definitely had that, like, keep the momentum going kind of attitude. And, uh, I've tried to, I've tried to keep the momentum going. So that's been, that was, it was a very nice, it was a very nice call when I needed it. Yeah, I think, I think people need to look at this as, um the tragedy is an opportunity to, to, to really get back to what they know or what they love. I mean, I'm writing music again. Like I, I, I always write and fiddle and play, but to legitimately try to put out a project at the end of the year, which is what I want to do. I don't, I don't think I would have ever had That's the awesome. influence to do that without this pandemic happening. Um, and I think a lot of people just need to just go. keep going every day. And it's also really nice to live every day, like just one day at a time. And take it, take it as is, because because the engine the engines will rev up sooner or later. Um, I think next year, you're gonna, like next September, things are going to get back to some sort of fingers crossed, some sort of thing. Depend, 
Depends on leadership, actually, but we'll see. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is a time to really just take stake in what's important and what's important in your life and your health and your well-being and your your friends and your family, your loved ones. And um, yeah, just being a generous human out there because there's a lot of people struggling, um, you know, so to help out where you can and, and actually have the attention and the time to give it. So who's your favorite Cleveland all-star, favorite Cleveland player of all time? Oh, I mean, you, it's LeBron. It's, it, and it's, it's LeBron. LeBron had such an effect on the sea. Um, I, I have a little, I can give you my little history with LeBron. Um, basically, I, I did uh, this thing called Shooting Stars Basketball Camp. And um, we would, it would be like a week-long basketball camp. And one year, the, the guy running the camp said, so I'm going to introduce you all to someone, and you, you're, you're going to know who he is from this moment on. And his name's LeBron James. And he was in high school. So we, I used to go to St. Vincent St. Mary's games with my dad and my brother. And they used to be at, at Cleveland State. Um, and cause they had to rent out the Wolstein center to just see LeBron play. And from that year on, he was a phenomenon. And, uh, and then I, I remember very distinctly being at the Indians game with my family and seventh inning stretch comes up and on the big, on, on the jumbotron, they played that that LeBron had just been drafted, and the whole stadium erupted. And this is at an Indians game. We were probably losing, <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 you know, but people stuck around. And then that happened. And seriously, from that moment on, everything changed. I um, and and then I ended up when I was in eighth grade. I had a friend who had season tickets to the Cavs, and. It was, it was, he was a good friend to have at the time because he took me to... Sounds like it. <laughs> he, took me to, he took me to playoff games in 2007, the year we made it to the championship. I was at the Pistons games, dude, with Rasheed Wallace oh my and Chauncey Phillips. I mean, these were some of the best games ever. And, um, and I just, yeah, I mean, so ever since then, and then, you know, it all kind of... Uh, I mean, then there was the decision, and, and then we, we kind of... We used to keep at my house, we used to keep our LeBron jersey. We didn't burn it, but we used to drape it over our firewood um, <laughs> that, we, that we used to keep by our fireplace. We had some like logs, and it was just LeBron. I mean, he broke our hearts, but then, of course, we welcomed him back. And it all kind of culminated in 2016 with that amazing, you know, finals comeback. Um, and, and that summer, I was. I had booked a little tour, uh, not actually a little tour, like a cross-country tour with my friend, um, which culminated in us going to Cleveland um, for, to play at this music festival called Lore Live. Um, and everywhere we went across the country, um, it was while the Cavs were in the finals. So we would like play a show and then watch the end of the Cavs game. And it was just this this journey and, and all the ups and downs of that final series and going across the country playing shows. I mean, it was just this amazing 
experience. And the day that I got back to LA from that tour was the final game. And I dropped my friend off at his apartment and I went to a bar and I watched the whole game seven. And just then I called my dad and my brother and we were all crying. I mean, it was, it was just this incredible, incredible time to be from Cleveland. And, and the funny thing about Cleveland people, about Cleveland sports fans is when we lose, it's <laughs> it, when we lose, it's, we suck. We are the worst team in the world. We, 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 we suck. Like, oh my God. Like, like it's just, and then the week, and then the week goes by and, and there's all that hope again. And, but like when we lose, we are downtrodden truly. Um, and, uh, people, it's like, you want to give up, but then they never give up. Um, and then later that, later that year, the Indians made the world series. Uh, against the Cubs, and there was this this hope again, and uh, you know that one was really heartbreaking because um, I actually was home in Cleveland for a few of those games too, and I mean there were there were tears, there were uh, people. I mean we still don't even like to talk about it just because of how we blew that. Um, but man, we wanted how cool would it have been to have championships in 2016 and been like 88 here in LA and the Dodgers and the Lakers both had them at the same time. Right. I mean, honestly, it was one of the greatest world series I ever, I'm a huge baseball fan. It's my favorite sport. Uh, right. One of the greatest world series I've ever seen in my life. It definitely is a top. Wow. It might be, it might be the second best world series I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, I just, the best being, uh, Yankees diamondbacks. Um, oh, yeah. that, that was, Randy Johnson. Yeah, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling basically just carrying that team. They they won but they won the four games. That's it. <laughs> no one else yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, that, I re- I remember I remember those. Uh, I always liked Randy Johnson because he was a lefty and I'm a lefty. Um and then he killed that bird. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just it's just something like when you have so many walk-offs, you have so many intense moments like that felt like that kind of a world series like it had it had a lot of drama. Um, and it was two classic yeah. teams that hadn't won in forever. You know, one we I kept on telling that, but much to the chagrin of Cleveland fans, I was like, "We're going to witness history." You know, either way, we're going to witness history. I mean, the TC team hasn't won 100 oh, with the cut. Yeah, we're, or we're going to see the, the Indians yeah. haven't won since 1943. Man, like either way, we're getting some uh, history. Yeah, I sat back and I watched Game Seven with the flu. I had um oh gone to Nashville. Was sick as hell. Did an interview there. Flew back same day. Was wrapped up in like a blanket with shivers, shaking, and watched Game Seven. Oh, and it was man. it was glorious because <laughs> nothing better to do than watch that. I mean, it as sucked. soon as the rain, as soon as the rain came, we all were like, "Oh yeah!" Uh, the momentum was gone. The momentum shifted to the Cubs. Um, oh, that game was so. I mean, that was really emotional. Really, really emotional. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll never <laughs> I'll leave it there. Series. I mean, that Raji home yeah. run is one of the greatest postseason home runs ever. Oh my, yeah, yeah, off, off Chapman. I mean, it was like, it, it was, I really thought, oh. Yeah, I lived, I, yeah, I lived in a duplex in the second story and I had uh, my downstairs neighbors and my next door neighbors like the house, I just felt shaking 
when that home yeah. run happened. And I think you could just hear it because I lived in Lakewood at the time. And those that know Lakewood, it's or urban sprawl. It's got, you know, it's very tight, tight houses together. So like, I just heard the whole city just go, you know, when that was going on. Uh, it felt like an, a little bit of like an earthquake, but it was awesome. And it could have also been me just fucked up on the flu, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, man. it's such a great, a crazy year to go. Like Cleveland that year had, you know, the Cavs. Then it had, unfortunately, the RNC. And then it had the the title game the world series <laughs> what what a year i mean it was like everything the world was on its eyes on up, cleveland it was, but it was eyes on cleveland and the world was just upside down it's like wait the Cavs are winning the indians are in the world series and donald trump was elected president like yeah it's yeah. like are we living in the alternate well we weren't living in an alternate reality then it feels more like we are now um because <laughs> yeah. every every year gets crazier um but I also wanted to say, because I don't know the next time when I'll be on a sports podcast. Oh, okay. Um, I should go on the record saying that the Cleveland Indians need to change their name. And that... I think I, they are. I think it's happening. I mean, they've got to be in the process of it now that the, the Redskins did, or the, you know, the Washington football team. But I, I really... Uh, I, I love the tribe. I love rooting for for Cleveland and I've got my Indians hat, but I only wear the C logo. Now I remember being in college um, and I was wearing a chief Wahoo hat backwards. And this girl was sitting behind me and she was like, I think that's the most racist thing I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Someone at SC talked about that. Tell me about that. Well, cause I was in music school. So yeah. we're, you know, this was in music theory class freshman year and I'm wearing my, Chief Wahoo hat signed by Jake Westbrook from because uh, he wanted wow. to. Yeah, he came to my uh, baseball camp when I was like very, very young. That's a name. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, I did wear that hat during the World Series because I wore it for the first game and I thought it was good luck. Um, but after that World Series, when we lost, I, I retired it because she was just like, I just will never forget when this girl was like, that hat is, that's the most, one of the most things that I've ever seen like I can't believe that's on a hat and I can't I can't argue with her I mean it's it's really it's really a, a horrible caricature and uh you know I know that people kind of go back and forth on on the name but uh it's it's time for a change yeah I yeah. think I think things are changing in that regard you know I hope um, so I really I, do so yeah I always go back and forth on those things just because I don't know like the old the old chief wahoo was awful um (laughs) the original one the new one just seemed more like how any sort of 60s cartoon would have been like you know being mexican like speedy gonzalez was taken off unfortunately but i'm like but speedy gonzalez was like hey we got one like on the show like it felt like hey we got like a representation of us a little bit but everyone, you know, people oh, started, I know a lot of people feel that way. A lot but, of people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting with like the Blackhawks. Like, would the Blackhawks get their logo changed? Probably. I don't think they are. No one's come after them. Um, they're not. They're not going to because that's such an old team. But but they honestly should too. I I have Chicago friends who are going to be upset to hear that. But I mean, it's just I don't think you. I don't know. I mean, then it's like, where does it end? Like, you know, are the Notre Dame fighting Irish ever going to stop being the fighting Irish? No. Um, 
you know, I, I'm not trying to uh, be the PC police here, but I think, I think the Cleveland Indians is, is one of them that really needs to change. Oh, it is. I think it's in, they're in the process. They've been talking about that um, the last couple of months. I'm good with the spiders. I'd be good with the spiders. Yeah. Original team name, right? Classic team name. The, yeah. They were the spiders. They were, they were the naps. Uh, which was because this guy, um, yeah, I don't think we're not going to be the naps. We're not going to be the naps. That, that's got too many other uh, connotations, but it was just, it was some guy's nickname. It was some guy's last name. Um, well, it's like Paul Brown and the Browns, right? That's why you guys are called the Browns. Right. I mean, the, and, and you know what? To go back to the Browns, the Browns is one of the coolest team names ever because it's everything and it's nothing. It's like, <laughs> you know, what is a brown? Like, what is your logo? Our logo is the color brown and the color orange. Um, do, you remember when, do you remember when the Browns changed their logo and everyone was, like, anxiously awaiting this, this change and it was just darker orange? And that was the yeah, only Yeah, it's the jersey you're wearing right now. The helmet. It was, it's, it's the jersey I'm wearing right now is, like, this new, oh, my God, what's the Browns logo going to be? And, and it, it didn't change at all. But I really, I love... I love the Browns um, and just the whole, the whole history. I love that our, the greatest football player of all time played for the Browns, Jim Brown, and his name was Jim Brown. Um, <laughs> that, you know, I just, I think, I think the, the Browns is, is so, so cool because of that. And we've got like the dog pound and we've got like that little guy. Brownie the elf should Brownie be your logo. Elf. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome too. Um, but just like, yeah, the, the Browns, the Browns is, is in, uh, that's why it's so big. It's like an idea. It's just the Browns. <laughs> it is an idea. Yeah. You ready to uh, take your hand at some Cleveland trivia? I'm doing this with every. Yeah, let's do it. Sports guest. All right. What was the name of Cleveland's former uh, professional soccer team? Oh, the Cleveland Crunch. Oh, I used to go to get, I, I, I played soccer. I played sports my whole, my whole life. Um, I know I'm a musician and I'm coming here. I feel like I'm representing myself as a musician, but yeah, I used to go to the Cleveland crunch games all the time. Well, one of my uh, theories is if I could write a dissertation, every great musician is a sports fan. doesn't matter what sport they will follow something. Totally. Um, uh, where did the Cleveland Cavaliers play before moving into the Gund arena? Oh man, my, uh, my family, if they listen to this, are going to be so upset. The Gundarina, before the Gundarina, man, I, I don't know because my whole life it was the Gundarina. Now it's, now it's the Q. Um, I don't know. I can't, I don't, um, I couldn't tell you, man. Richfield Coliseum, man. Richfield Coliseum. Okay. They played in Richfield. <laughs> well, you know, the, the Indians and the Browns. <laughs> the Indians and the Browns had municipal, um, which uh, and they played on the same field, which I never got to see. But my dad uh, got to. I mean, he was going to games there his whole life. Um, man, sorry, I didn't know Richfield. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're okay, man. You're okay. <laughs> All right, uh, hit, me with, hit me with another one, man. I, I okay. redeem myself. No, 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 it's all good. All right, who was the uh, famous or infamous owner who moved the Browns uh, to Baltimore uh, in 95? We don't even speak his name. But our, Ooh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was, oh, 
Art Modell. We all, uh, that's like, that's a taboo name. <laughs> Did you feel like, okay, can you just talk about Art Modell really? Like, is, he's just like, uh, he's like Baltimore, right? You did not yeah, speak his yeah. name. Yeah, I mean, he's just like the big bad guy that made that that made that horrible decision to take the Browns away from Cleveland um, and move him to Baltimore. And then Baltimore went on to have some success. And I mean, it was awesome when we came back, but that, you know, they never should have left. It's the Browns. The Browns is one of the oldest franchises there is. And one of the most historic, I mean, we don't have a Super Bowl to our name, but in the sixties we were dominant. That was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. I wasn't there, but but I've been I've been to the Hall of Fame. I've been to Canton. Yes, uh, beautiful. Twice. Love that. Love that area. And they've done a God, revamp to it. It's so great. Like it, yeah, the, the revamp in the campus they've done is fantastic. All right, here's a hard one. All right, all right. When Major League Baseball went to a three uh, division league format in '94, the Indians were supposed to be in the East. Who replaced them in the East so that they could actually play in the Central? Wow. Okay. The hint is they're currently in their division now. So it's one of those oh. teams that are in their division now. That are in, that are in the Central. The Central, now yeah. But they were an East team, yeah. Um, hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say maybe if it's a trick question, which I think it is, I'm going to say maybe the Cincinnati Reds. No, Cincinnati's not in the American I know it's League not Central. I, I know it's... Oh, they're not in the Central because they're in the National League. They're National League Central. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, we're talking AL. AL we're they're talking in AL. the AL Central. They're, oh, they're in the AL Central and they were in... They then got... They, get, they then got... Okay. They're in the AL Central and they were in East Coast. So, who was it? The Minnesota, Minnesota Twins? New. Detroit Tigers. Oh, well, that makes... I guess that makes more sense because they're further east than Minnesota. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, don't, I don't know why I said the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, my God. I've got, I'm sure this, this whole interview is going to be cringy for all my friends. But Oh, no. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Which, which quarterback led the famous cardiac kids? You should know. Come on. Right. Which quarterback? Say, say that again. In the, the, early, the early 80s. The Bernie. early 80s. Bernie Kosar. Are you sure? Which your wait, final you answer? Which, wait, which quarterback led the comeback kids in the eighties? Cardiac kids, the cardiac oh, the cardi- kids. Oh, the cardiac kids. in the early eighties, early eighties. Um, if it's not Bernie Kosar, who the hell is it? Oh man, my brother's gonna kill me. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Brian Sipe. Brian something. I, Brian Sipe. All right, Brian Sipe. Oh, Brian okay. Sipe. There we go. Yeah. All okay. right. So I had I had the first name. <laughs> I had the first name. Man, Bernie Kosar was like the infamous the the other like infamous name that we always talked about. Oh, but, of course. But I never but I never really watched. You know, I'm a I'm a like Tim Couch on kind of <laughs> kind of knowledge Ouch. guy, and and Ouch. then a, and and then a like and then a like Jim Brown autogram backwards kind of guy too. So like all the like seven, uh, you know, seventies, eighties and then nineties, I, you know, um, so man, I've just showed, I've just showed some serious gaps. I'm sorry, everybody. 
All right. Uh, but I, and- I love it, man. I, 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 <laughs> I, and like, you know, I'm going to go back after this and I'm going to like dive into the Cleveland sports history thing. Um, and, and just learn more and more because I, you know, this just gets me excited about it. I love it, man. All right. Here's a, here's a, well, it could be an easy one. Um, Who's your famous sharp shooting point guard for the Cavaliers who's regarded as one of the best free throw shooters of all time? Um in the in the current in the current NBA? Or- he's not no, he's not in the NBA now. He's very long ago. Uh, not that not too long ago. But he's one of the great he's regarded as one of the greatest shooters, I think, in NBA history. Um, but he's one he is statistically one of the best free throw shooters of all time. I think he's one of the best three point shooters of all time. It's not Sean Kemp, is it? No. Dude. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I've lost a lot of friends over this interview, so just tell me who it is. That'd be Mark Price. <laughs> Mark Price is as Jersey retired up there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know we had, I know we had uh, Larry Nance, uh, who was a great uh, slant. Yeah, his, jersey, his jersey's retired, too. Yeah. Larry Nance Sr., yeah. But I think his slam dunk, Competition was when it was 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 over the the Suns when he was when he was playing with the Suns. Right? Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I know Mark Price just because in NBA Jam, Mark Price hits all the threes for Cleveland. Like he's like the <laughs> the guy. He's got the corner three, yeah. and you want if you pick the Cavs, yeah. you you always have Mark Price shoot threes. Um, <laughs> that's that's how I know Mark Price. That my knowledge came from video, sports video games at I an early that. age. At a Me very too. early age. Me too. NBA Street Volume Two was like how I learned oh my God. A, about a lot of a, about a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, the Cavs, I, the Cavs were were just a bigger deal to me once. Once, oh, okay. I mean, I knew. Yeah, when it was like Zadrunas Ogauskas was like really cool, and he was kind of he kind of went from the old Cavs to the new Cavs. Um, in the early 90s I wasn't as active I mean I would say in the, for me in the, in the early 90s of sports uh, it, was, it was more the Indians um, and like Kenny Lofton, Jim Tomey, Omar Vizquel, um, that that team uh, you know especially when we went to the World Series in 97 um, I guess in, at that point in time in my early sports history I guess that was the team that I was that I identified with, but man, this deep calves trivia is, <laughs> is not, is not my forte. <laughs> well, Brett, I think you did a good job for regardless. Um, Thank you. For a musician, right? For a musician. I yeah. Think. Hey, a musician who loves your teams, but you, no matter what you love your teams. So that's yeah. what matters, man. That's what matters. Thank you. Brett, thank, you. thank you. Yeah. I want to thank you for coming on, man, and hanging out and talking some sports. Oh yeah. I'm thank gonna... you for always supporting my music too. I mean, that's uh it's crazy because we we bonded we bonded over music and then we bonded over sports and then we kind of bonded over Batman at one point, which is cool. Yeah, the, we can do a whole podcast on our comic book nerdism, dude. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I'll and then I can really redeem myself. <laughs> there you go. I like um, it. But uh, yeah, thank thank you so much for having me, dude. I, I love that you're doing this. And uh, oh, I got one more question for you before I go. Yeah, was the was the music that was playing. In your last episode that I listened to, the background music for Street Fighter, the video game? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Every time I do headlines, it's always the player select from Street Fighter 2. 
Dude, I was I was listening to that and I'm like, where do I know this? And then it just I was like, oh my god, it's Street Fighter. I have that. Um, I have the like plug into the TV game. So it's like I don't have the Super Nintendo, but if you just plug this these controllers in this little box into my TV, I can play Street Fighter too. So when when Corona is is a little more chill, we got to have a Street Fighter uh, tournament too. I downloaded the HD remix uh, on PlayStation like two weeks ago and I got my ass kicked. I was like, how did I play this game as a kid? I suck so bad. Yeah, you were smashing. You were smashing the buttons, man. When I was little, I was doing really uh, with Blanca, well. With Blanca. Yeah, Blanca. And then uh, I was always good with the Sonic Boom with Guile, just crouching Sonic Boom everybody to death. So yeah. But like Dal Sim with those long arms. It was just a great that. game. It's oh a my very God. great game. <laughs> but I just, yeah, sorry. I had, I had to ask that before I go because I, uh, I don't know how many, people, how many people actually caught that. So uh, yeah, if you catch it, you, you know you're in the right place. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for having me, man. Dude, same here. Thanks for being on and letting, you know, coming on, talking Cleveland, talking some sports and some nerd stuff. And, you know, I'm glad you're doing all right, man. Uh, Hopefully we get to see each other in the uh, near future when things settle down. Fingers crossed, man. As promised, I was going to sign the show off with one of Brett's songs. It's called I Don't Ever Want to Fall in Love Again. It's a breakup song in the truest sense. Uh, it's not only a reflection on a past relationship, but a take on how daunting it would be to ever start a new one. Brett is inspired by the likes of Springsteen and Tom Petty, John Fogarty, just to name a few. And he's taken a lot of these influences that you'll hear in this single. Brett is currently working on a new album of Americana Originals. I, of course, will shout that out when I can. And when he gives me the details on when that album will be released... Hope you're all well, stay safe out there, and I hope you enjoyed today's talk with Brett Fromson. 